heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. We will never look again or think of the words safe and effective in the light of good and kindness. For those words are tar- tarnished. Uh, in the, uh, surely the English vocabulary more than any others. Ah, man, all those words, don't they haunt you? Safe and effective, safe and effective, you know. I related to a fear campaign, actually, that went on throughout COVID. But but the bigger question I want to ponder today with you a bit here, my fellow Americans, is, uh, you know, I, I wonder if America's healthcare system is repairable, if it's redeemable, uh, if that's possible. Hmm. And I, I say that not to be a smart guy, but I say that because there was a lot of damage done, I have to tell you. And the biggest thing I think I'd like to remind everybody is, is that people tend to have short memories and short memories. Americans have short memories. Uh, and that's a problem. And we need to remind people of the moment. It's It's important to, and let me just say, it really is. It's important to remember back it's important to feel that moment. It's important to feel that pain. It's important to understand what took place. We never must forget. You understand? Because we don't want to repeat performance ever of what transpired. Welcome into the voice of a nation. It is indeed Malcolm out loud here and you know, my own personal story in what I'd like to talk to you about today, and by the way, today we're gonna have a great conversation. Uh, in uh, just a bit here, we'll have uh, two tremendous voices on. Really, truly excited. Uh, Dr. James Thorpe will be here. Tremendous, uh, tremendous man and voice. And uh, Maggie Thorpe, his wife, who's a commercial litigation attorney, both very successful uh, and have do a lot of digging and research and, you know, and clarity. They provide clarity and moments of truth and all of this chaos that we're all experiencing. But you know, my own, when I discovered how messed up things were, it, it was really at the point of uh, my wife coming out of the hospital. Now, some of you know my own personal story, and that is my wife and I got COVID during the Delta variant. It was the worst moment to get COVID, sadly. My wife, even more uh, challenging and difficult situation because she was a uh, had a terrible car accident just several weeks before we contracted COVID. And somebody had crossed the double lines on a road and had hit her uh, front head-on collision. Almost killed her and my son, actually, and put, pushed them in a ditch and really messed things up. It's about three weeks before we got COVID. Horrible story, horrible situation. The problem with COVID is if your immune system is compromised, well, you're, you're a sitting duck. You know, you you all bets are off. And that's where it hit the most vulnerable, you see. Now, my wife was healthy prior to that accident. Her immune system was marvelous, terrific. There was no problems. But that she was still under treatment, obviously, for the uh, car accident and uh, from this uh, car accident that she had no control over. And, you know, this is what happens in life, though, folks, you know. 
wrong place, wrong time, wrong situation. And things, and I always worry about that, actually, for my loved ones, you know, wrong place, wrong time. There are no guarantees in life, are there now, you know? Problem is, millions and millions and millions of people got caught in the wrong place, wrong time by listening to the federal government and the CDC and the safe and effective minutia. You know, that was a whole nother problem, wasn't it now? You know, that was a wrong place, wrong time for a whole lot of people. But back to this uh, accident, what happened? And so when we both contracted COVID, uh, it was, again, worst moment, Delta variant, worst possible situation. She, her immune system was compromised. And so I started administering early treatment. Luckily, I had the strong voices around me, uh, a whole host of people that were truly blessings and became, I became very close to and friends, including Dr. Peter McCullough, but Dr. Henry Ely, uh, doc, Dr. John Littell. There were a host of people all around me that were helping guide me through this situation. And I was I was playing kind of doctor and nurse, although I don't have a license. I played one uh, in trying to protect my wife and early treatment and all of that, you know, and administering the ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and, but giving her the shots and the blood thinner and doing the whole thing, the whole, she was on oxygen. Her oxygen level fell really low and she came pretty close to death. It fell uh, into the very low 80s and actually got as low as 79. I mean, the oxygen mach machine was no longer working effectively at the house. And about seven days into it, we had to make a very difficult decision. And that decision was that she needed something else beyond what I could provide to her. So everything we were fighting for to keep her out of the hospital, we now were, it was beyond my control. And this happened to a lot of people, clearly. But I was you know, trying to keep, the goal for many of us was to keep our loved ones out of the hospital. The hospital was, it was a screwed up environment. I mean, it was a place that was, they put them on remdesivir, on ventilators, and, and I had been reporting on this people for a year and a half before this. So I knew what was going on, man. You know, I knew what was happening. But, you know, here we were, here we were, right there at the moment. And, you know, it was one of the most difficult, you know, I want to tell you right now, friends, it was the most difficult decision I had to make in my lifetime. That morning, that night before, when my wife thought she was going to die and literally said she couldn't breathe anymore, she knew. And I, we knew the next morning I had to call the paramedics and admit her in. I had no other choice, no other option. We needed help for breathing at the very least. And, uh, you know, when that happened and I called the paramedics, they were arguing with me to take her to a closer hospital. I said, no, I want to take her to this hospital. I said, no, 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 we need to take her. I said, no, you will not. I want her at this hospital. They said, no, no, sir, we have to take her there. I said, you will not. Oh, it got nasty, man. I got to tell you, these people were all out of control, the entire healthcare system. And anyways, I won that battle. She got to the hospital I wanted. Go figure, huh? <laughs> And I remember her going in and I remember that decision. And by the way, something I never shared with you before. And um, it was that morning I got up. This is, I swear to you, that morning I got up. Now, my wife couldn't, her brain wasn't functioning at any kind of level. I was doing my best to walk through the steps. And I went in with a kind of a pad and pen and went in and started talking about her passwords and going through the end of life questions. I was that she could barely even know what I was doing. She was totally out of it. But I was trying to be very practical and get all the information I could and passwords for accounts and things I might not know in the school and for the kids in college and what was happening here and there and things I might not have known. And 
I went through that sort of a last rites kind of thing that morning, thinking I might never see her again once I lost control of this situation with the hospital and the paramedics. And, you know, that really happened. It really happened that morning, that Friday morning. Never forget it. Paramedics take her away to the hospital. I just braced myself, you know, and uh, spoke to the head of uh, the ER. And uh, he said to me, he said, we'll know in two or three hours, we're going to put her on a piece of equipment called the heated high flow, put 60 liters of oxygen around her body non-invasively. And we'll know if her body has a fighting chance and if it's going to have a chance or we have no other choice, sir. We'll have to put her on a ventilator. And I thought, wow, this is insane. We're now at the moment of truth, you know. And surely at that point, friends, uh, we, um, I prayed. I was with my my two children, and we both were just going into college, both teenagers, you know. And um, we were hoping and praying for the best at that point. We didn't know what to do. And I was sort of losing it in the process. And uh, I couldn't be, I was restless. I couldn't stay still, you know. And uh, sure, about two and a half hours later, as by the clock, I spoke to the that same person, the head of ER, and he said, um, and I, you know, I just was praying to God that we had a chance here, a fighting chance. I said, please help us here, so, you know. And he said, I, I, well, her body seems to be responding, he said, but it's going to be a long road. She's in a crisis, a very crisis situation. Her body is grave, he said, we'll, uh, but she at least has a fighting chance overnight. And the next few days are going to be very precarious and we'll do our very best and pray for her. And every hour, every part of the day, I was speaking to the hospital back and forth. Everything, as you all know, was done through phone transmissions, that kind of thing. And by the grace of God, over the next seven to 10 days, we got through it somehow. I, I still don't even know how, but it was unbelievable. And I'll never forget the whole experience. And it gave me a new appreciation of life, gave me a new appreciation of surely my wife and our relationship where we had been on this journey together and now where we were today, you know. So I stopped there because a little bit after that, oh, a few weeks later that we were in for an appointment with the uh, heart and lung specialist and on this appointment kind of meeting with, about my wife, you know, after the uh, uh, hospital exit, you know, kind of thing. And they said to me, well, we noticed she doesn't have her vaccine. What is up with that, sir? She, I mean, what's what's going on? You You, you need to get the vaccine. I said, no, no, so we're not going to get the vaccine. No, 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 you you have to get the vaccine. You you that's that's a we we have to have that. I said, no, we are not doing the freaking vaccine. He says, sure. He said, you what do you mean? He said, I said, no. I said, I I believe our chances are better without it, sir. I'll leave it as simple as that. We've made a choice here and a decision. There will be no vaccine. He was highly offended. He looked and he said, well, then there's no reason to have a follow up visit. Then he said on this. That was my exit strategy for the hospital and the healthcare system. So when I asked that question. Is America's healthcare system repairable, redeemable? Hmm. I don't know, friends. I'm not sure. I don't exactly trust them. Go to Dr. Jim Thorpe first and you hear my story just there. But this is an incredible story that I've not heard before. And there's uh, several things that stick out to my mind as being an egregious violation of ethics on the part of the physician 
that you had the interaction with. Number one, first and foremost, he breached his physician-patient relationship right at the onset. That is not the way a physician approaches his or her patients. You meet their patients where they're at. You never push something down a patient's throat. You always honor them. That is the way the medical system works. I, I, you never throw your opinions and your beliefs down somebody's throat, be it personal beliefs or be it medical beliefs, period. The second issue that I really have a problem with here is, listen, we were all brainwashed in medical school. I went to one of the best medical schools in the United States of America. Uh, one of the large, most important things I've had to do is unlearn the unadulterated garbage that I was brainwashed in. None of us were taught about nutrition or vaccines in medical school. What we were told about vaccines was they save lives, memorize a schedule and push them, period. The second thing they taught us about vaccines is you don't ever administer vaccines in a sick individual. What was this horrible physician trying to do to your wife? She was very ill, trying to push a vaccine on an ill patient. We've completely lost all of our marbles collectively. Jim, hold that thought. What you just say is so important. And just thank you for bringing that point up. It's huge, Jim, it's huge. And the point is that's that was my fear at that point. Uh, sincerely, is that she's just trying to recover from this, I mean, massive, catastrophic hit to her body, and now this these people are they're really getting aggressive in our face, Jim, and they're me- demanding we get this vaccine. I was stunned. I couldn't believe this was happening in front of me. I was so insulted and disgusted with the system. And I was in no mood to put up with it. I mean, let me tell you, I don't lie down easy for anybody. I mean, I had an attorney on notice before I even entered the hospital system with my wife. Had they dear touched the remdesivir or the ventilator, I was coming after them with my full might. You understand? Yes, sir. You know, Malcolm, this, this same egregious behavior, it, it's so disgusting and it's so sick. It's a cult. This vaccine is a cult. I want to just bring to the attention of one of my, you know, I know the majority of the vaccine injured folks in the United States. With I've prayed with them. I've held them. I've cried with them. But in the movie premiere, Shot Dead, um, which Dr. McCall and I were the physicians involved with, you know, there was a couple by the name of, uh, of, Tori White was a mother and her father, Jeff White. And Tori has a heartbreaking story. Um, And and they believe that the vaccine killed their newborn, Tori's newborn. Um, The the baby was alive for eight hours, dying in severely ill. What do you think these morons, physicians caring for that baby did? Oh, we have to hurry up and we got to get the hepatitis B vaccine in this dying baby. What? 
Are you freaking kidding me? This baby is dying and you're pushing another potentially lethal vaccine when the baby's dying and it's not going to survive. You push a vaccine for hepatitis B, which is by and large a sexually transmitted disease. So what is their point to do this, Dr. Thorpe? Is it just, is it, this is just a, uh, a cash reward? I mean, what is the point of this whole thing? They obviously make money on all these vaccines. Is that correct? Absolutely correct. And when, and I think it goes more uh, back to the $5 trillion that even the, the liberal news medias admit to $5 trillion of COVID relief money has bribed and propped up this lethal injurious narrative that the vaccine is safe, effective, and necessary in every thread of the fabric of the, yeah, the yeah. global uh, United States of America society. Yeah, and it, so it, this, this is, is what's interesting about this whole debate, what you just say right there. And that's what I want to really peel that onion uh, over this next hour with you and Maggie. And I want listeners to understand uh, this open wound of, because I remember talking on air a lot with the doctors, the nurses on America Out Loud Talk Radio. And I remember, and many, many times, McCullough and I would say to ourselves, you know, how, I mean, we try to understand the why and the how, like, why would they be doing this? Like, what is the reason? What What is the outcome they're looking for? And we ne- it was very difficult to understand the mandate process uh, it, in other words, it was very mysterious what was going on around this and what you just nailed it right there. And, and actually, this um, this article that um, you, you you published that we published that you, you wrote here uh, really backs up a lot of the evidence, because when you dive into this stuff, you, it's a kind of a connect the dots sort of thing. And the research doesn't lie and the facts don't lie. And then it tells a story. But but one point I want to circle on, uh, Dr. Thorpe, that just moments ago when you when I was telling the story about what I'd went through in my own personal experience, just to show how much in your face, like when the docs just just a few weeks after, about two, two and a half weeks after getting out of the hospital, he's pushing them on us and got real ugly in our face about it. Um, I I did everything I could to hold my composure. And my wife was just looking at me. She knew that. And, you know. But when you just said, well, but that's unethical, it's this, it's that, and like, well, that shouldn't happen, and it's the code of, it, it breaches every code, and uh, okay. Well, I would say back to you, yes and no. Now, maybe under a normal circumstances or situation, Jim, maybe that would be the case, but it was no longer normal in America, in the world at this point. In other words, we weren't just the only ones. We weren't being, we, we were not an isolated incident. Everybody, this these these vaccines were threatening lives. I know because we got oh my golly, we got gazillions of emails in here from the listeners. We addressed a lot of them in the Q and A's on on air of people in these horrible situations of this moment are having to choose between a job and a career and college and life and a marriage and a relationship or something that was pulling their life apart. Somebody was mandated and they get this vaccine and then wear the mask and shut up and move along. And this was really the narrative that was being pushed. And But like, it wasn't just me, Jim, it was everybody. So it was no longer the proper code of ethics it no longer mattered what your decision was, did, did it? I mean, everybody suffered this, didn't they? 
You're, you're absolutely right, uh, Malcolm. This this is a, you know, the the rule of not giving vaccines in a sickness was completely violated. You know, one one can make an argument that that it, it's dangerous. I mean, that's what we were taught. One of the only things we were taught in medical school is you don't give it. And now they're giving these multiple uh, vaccines to even uh, uh, infants in the first year of life, no, 33 vaccines. And they're giving them to them when, when, even when they have the sniffles, even when they're sick, when they shouldn't receive it. 33 vaccines. This is a uh, this is a satanic cult, in my opinion. And, and it's widespread, to your point, uh, Jim. It's widespread. And like I said, the, the whole healthcare system, repairable, redeemable, what really happens, but it's not an isolated incident. See, this is what I couldn't understand, and Dr. McCullough couldn't understand. Nobody could understand it. Everybody was like shocked. It's like, like it's so widespread. It became normal. It was normal behavior that you were dealing with some uh, some company, some school, some relationship that was pushing a mandate in this vaccine on you. And it was a really scary moment for so many people. Uh, let's get uh, Maggie in here. And Maggie, I want to ask you, In the, first of all, let me tell folks, this uh, article, you know, the one thing about uh, Maggie Thorpe and Dr. Jim Thorpe is they put their heart and soul and their love into everything they do. There's no doubt in my mind. They, they always do. And their their uh, their articles, their columns, op-eds are so well put together and well-researched. And, you know, and that makes a difference, friends. It makes a difference. They really always... Um, just not only just connecting the dots, but being absolutely sure with the research, verifying things, never speaking out of turn. Uh, and that's important as you read. So there's a piece they have up here uh, on uh, uh, AmericaOutloud.news, and you can find it on the left sidebar on the front page. And of course, if you go to the menu, our team, find it under, under um, Maggie Thorpe or uh, Dr. Jim Thorpe here. COVID-19 government relief funds turned the healthcare industry on its head. And it really did. It really did do that. Now, Maggie, I call this all, you know, the safe and effective became a fear campaign. It was just a total fear campaign. It made no sense at all. Choice was out the window. Nobody had a choice anymore. You say in the piece, what I'd like you to start with and opine, if you can remember, like, you, you, all right, I want to talk about the timeline. Give listeners a sense, as you were researching this, how egregious some of the points you see, like, what was the smoking gun? Because you say here, the healthcare systems begin to mandate the COVID-19 vaccines. A coincidence? Question mark. And this was kind of, I think it was like at the end of 21, wasn't it, when some of that was happening, Maggie? Yes, it was. Um, so the first, the first hospital system to mandate the vaccine for healthcare workers was uh, Houston Methodist, and that happened on April one of of twenty one. Yes, of twenty one. I remember that's in your piece, actually. Thank you, Houston. Okay, that was that was the first one. Okay. Yep, they were the first. They were the first system, and um, you know the the question that I think is an interesting one to answer is whether or not um, the uh, government was working behind the scenes with any of these hospitals 
to to kind of try to get them to go in the direction of um, pushing the vaccine for their um, for their healthcare workers. Um, yeah, and- because they mandated across the board. In other words, you couldn't work in any of those healthcare systems, Maggie, without getting it. Everybody was fighting it. Of course, this happened with the military. It happened with everybody, right? Um, yeah, well, with the hospitals, after Houston Methodist mandated it, really, it happened in Texas, which, um, you know, some people would would believe, and I do believe, that they were sort of targeted. Because if you can get away with mandating a vaccine um, at a large healthcare institution in Texas mm-hmm. um, for their employees, you can really get away with it anywhere in the country. And Malcolm, that's exactly what happened. Um, after Houston Methodist mandated the vaccine, uh, it was challenged in federal court. There were headlines across the country as workers protested. Um, a federal judge basically quickly dismissed the case. Um, by June of 21, she had dismissed the case in very strong language. And coincidentally, she noted in her order that safe, and effective was not relevant, if you can even believe that. Um, So she dismissed the case. And once it had been tested in Texas and Houston Methodist had that victory under their belt, it was unleashed and systems began to mandate it everywhere. And Maggie, these were still, let's remind people, these were still EUA. These were experimental. They were never approved at that point. Yes, that's true. When Houston Methodist mandated, um, no, they were not approved. Um, I couldn't give you the exact dates that that the Pfizer was eventually approved, but it was not until some months later. Well, I think they all stayed on EUA for for about ever. I don't think any of them got a final approval. They were all EUA through the whole episode. Were they not, Jim? Or were they? Do you remember? I I think they were EUA. And of course, it was an illegal EUA. Exactly. They they falsely impugned uh, a perfect therapy that has turned out early therapy and uh, that has turned out to be more than 99% effective in saving patients. But I remember they never did get the final approval, is the point, because this came up a lot of times, Maggie, in the um, in the Q&As we had with Dr. McCullough and I, and we were, we, you know, we just kept saying, I mean, way down the road, there's still EUA, EUA. Um, there was only one that was overseas that finally got, um, that the um, what, what was the one there? There was one that uh, finally got... Uh, a nod, but it wasn't even here in the states. It wasn't even available, uh, as I recall. That uh, got so. Anyways, they they all were EUA through the whole thing. I don't think they ever did get. Uh, I think even up to today, they're still pushing them. I don't know that any of them got a final approval. But don't forget, they only gave these things to what rats and mice, a few of them at a time, right? I think. I, I think you're right, Malcolm. I I think there was one DNA adenovirus uh, vector vaccine that might have been approved uh, offshore. Oh, offshore. That's right. As far as I recall, that's what I understand. But but in any event, they still stayed that way all the way through. Maggie, what, as you dig, the, you dug, did, you, let me just ask you this straight out here. With all the research you've done and digging things, what's it, just from your heart, what's the big aha moment for you, the big uh, smoking gun and all of this that you just like were shocked 
the what's the point of context of that point when you've seen something that said this is unbelievable i mean i just can't even believe this what what was that please um, yeah, that's a great question, Malcolm, and thank you for asking, because it has been, as I've done this research, it has really been a journey. And I think one of the big aha moments for me that really made me question, you know, how much was the CDC or the federal government involved um, and behind getting these healthcare systems to, to mandate? Um the aha moment was really the date of April 1, which is when Houston Methodist um, mandated this shot for its employees. And coincidentally, it was also April 1, was also the date of the HHS announcement of the COVID-19 Community Corps program, which was uh, we've written on, Jim and I have written on and, and broke that story on your platform, but it it was really the largest and unprecedented uh, propaganda and marketing program to push a medical intervention that was not approved um, in, in the history of this country. And it's hard to argue when you look at similarities like the date of the mandate of the Houston Methodist vaccine and the date of and their announcement, which was April 1 of 21, and the HHS announcement of the COVID-19 Community Corps, which is April 1, 21, and then this massive transfer of money that went along uh, with, with these these um these entities, whether it's hospital systems or trusted messengers or influencers who who pushed this narrative and pushed the vaccine. You know, we know that in the COVID-19 community core that there were upwards of uh, $13 billion paid out to private messengers who were influencers who were targeted. I mean, the HHS targeted them and actually wrote uh, an article describing how this was done. So you've got you've got this kind of private um, transfer of money, and then you've got over in the healthcare industry, you've got well over. I thought thirteen billion was a lot. Well, let me tell you what it was a hundred over a hundred billion dollars to these healthcare providers in the uh, in the um, HHS provider relief fund. So it just, it's just, you know, maybe it's a coincidence. I personally don't believe so. I think right. this was planned. Right, I right. think this was all planned to happen in this spring when vaccine uptake was sort of dwindling. Um, and it was, this was this massive push. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah. I think that was the aha moment for no, me. That's a big wow, aha this moment. Stuff was pre-planned. Like yeah, well, they knew what they were doing. They yeah. were working. And when I say they, the government, the HHS, the mm -hmm. CDC, the Biden administration, they were working behind the scenes to get a shot in every, every. arm. And that's it. And everybody stood in line to do that. And really what we're talking about here, and I want people to think about this, is it sounds to me like a bribe. It was a bribe. This thing, these are my words, but I think it was a bribe. 
Uh, and that's what this whole thing was. And they got rich off of it. And, you know, I remember a lot of the messages and emails coming in from folks and the money the the hospitals were making that was proved time and again at all these healthcare facilities and people were making, I mean, it was free money for everybody. The government had so much of it, they were just throwing it around, which is why we're dealing still today with the economy and the inflation and the impact of that has had a massive impact uh, on our country, to be sure. This is not a nothing burger. I mean, this money, and not only that, but there are stories you've seen since then where uh, they were uh, pushing the, um, uh, not, not only pushing all these out there, but where uh, people were, um, uh, they were paying out all the money and then a lot of money got ripped off. There was a lot of fraud in the system. I mean, we're talking big, big money of fraud here. People were stealing money left and right from the government, which, of course, you know, can't tie its shoes and walk and chew gum at the same time. Clearly, they lost total control of this whole COVID uh, affair, uh, to be sure. And it's it's come at a high price, friends. Uh, so a couple of things to consider uh, on the back half of the show we'll talk about with uh, Dr. Jim Thorpe and Maggie Thorpe. And, and that is that, again, you know, um, I, I mean, really, is it fair to say, is the America's healthcare system, is it repairable? Is it redeemable? How does it move forward? How does it regain trust, I would ask? How do some of these physicians and others regain trust? Many of them still are not admitting the harm that the vaccines are doing. The government is still pushing them as any unsuspecting person they can push them on. It's like, it is really weird. And then people, their minds work over time and decide, what is the motive of this? Is it people really believe it is to depopulate or things like that? You know, it's uh, it's hard to understand people, what these cats are really up to. Uh, it's It sounds like a, like a bad science fiction horror show of some sort, to be sure. But the main thing is uh, they, uh, you know, this whole safe and effective, they... Uh, they were experimental uh, and uh, people have the, have the, you know, they didn't want people to have the right to determine if they wanted this injection or not. And the question we all have to ask back is what happened to freedom of choice? What happened to freedom of choice? All these people that got uh, bamboozled, and my heart went out to them, I'll tell you, and still does. And we still get all of these messages in from people. Now, granted, the vast majority of the country has turned that faucet off. Uh, it's become less political now because the people are on to the messiness of this situation and their life hangs in the balance and they've turned the faucet off. So it, that's one thing that has happened. That's why very few now, the percentage of people lining up, there are still some that are lining up in line to get these vaccines and think they're the best thing since, you know, uh, since sliced bread was put on the market, uh, they, you know, people still, there are some that think that way, but by far and large, they've, uh, they, they've, they've gone the way people are no longer trust the system. So where does the healthcare system go from here? And, uh, and it, it's, it's, it's a very interesting question. And I've talked to many out there. I've talked to quite a few doctors and others in the healthcare system, uh, about what they think, you know, happens next. And they still can't believe it. a lot of them left their jobs and left their healthcare positions uh, really insulted with what had taken place and started anew somewhere else. So there was a complete uh, disruption in the healthcare market and America's healthcare system. 
And, you know, a lot of this vaccine stuff, I mean, and the damage and the deaths from that. And, you know, I mean, it was obvious that this was a, a bad situation. The history will look back at this moment as well and determine all of this. So anyways, we're talking to Dr. Jim Thorpe today, Maggie Thorpe, um, and um, who, again, tremendous uh, people, voices, their uh, their commitment to the truth uh, is so appreciated and their work is tremendous. And this op-ed and all their columns are that must read. Uh, uh, this one here exposes the government relief funds, which plays to the narrative of what I've been talking about, turned the healthcare industry on its head, uh, bar none. That's what took place here. Uh, friends, we got a lot of work we're doing here back at AmericaOutloud.news. And I want to share a couple of thoughts with you here. First of all, as we now enter into a new year here in 2024, uh, there's a lot of work to do. 2024 is going to be a big news news year, big news year cycle. Uh, we're going to be all having to work together here to fight the bad guys, uh, to be sure. And 2024 is a big year. Uh, I say to you all the time, 2025, a new president will take office. A new Congress will have to lead this country. And 2026, America will celebrate its semi-quincentennial. 250 years. I pray to God that we can all celebrate the moment and celebrate the renewal of our country, the renewal of our faith. I pray that that's the case in 2026, that that happens and that uh, this country can renew itself for the next 250 years. It is a moment, friends. It's either that or the American experiment is going to come to an abrupt end. And that's a decision the people are going to need to make we the people. But this experiment hangs in the balance, to be sure. We have a lot of work we're doing back at uh, America Out Loud. We have a whole new website and platform coming out January 1st, 2024 at noontime. Do join us for a, uh, well, let's all have a glass of champagne and celebrate the new year. What, will you join me, please? At noontime, uh, January 1st, 2024, Eastern time, I say, uh, time, any time zone in the country or world for that matter, of course. And uh, and take a look at the new site, the new platform. We've been working really hard here these last few months to get ready for the new chapter here. In the meantime, we'll be running the Christmas Classics the weekend of Christmas. So the, um, the Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, Christmas Day, we'll be running the Christmas Classics. Uh, so you'll be able to tune in and listen to these beautiful uh, tunes. Everybody loves them. We get comments and compliments every year. And so we'll be doing it again as part of our tradition here. But interestingly, this year, as opposed to other years, between Christmas and New Year's, we will be running Best Of. That's the first time we've ever done that on America Out Loud Talk Radio. The reason for that is many of our hosts needed the time themselves for a respite and with their family and friends. But it was important for our platform as well as our technical team and others get ready to launch the new site on January. So we're going to be doing some incredible things that week. And then, so you'll see the the, the new site will be in uh, will be in a um, static at that point. There'll be a message up there that will tell you what's happening, and then uh, we'll come back with you on uh, January first, ready to fight the good fight. And that is the mission here, always at AmericaOutloud.news. And on this broadcast, the voice of a nation is the fight of good and evil. We we put evil back in its place. We put justice where injustice is. We, we right the wrongs. That's what we do on the platform. That's what we do on this show. And we will be doing that every step of the way with you throughout the new year. 
and uh, right into the new year as we do some tremendous things. I'm, I'm hopeful, I'm prayerful, I'm optimistic, but also I'm resourceful uh, for what our country needs to do and what our people need to do to save our nation. There's never been a more precarious uh, time in our country than right this moment, friends. So do join us with the fight ahead here, please, of liberty and justice for all. We'll take a pause and join you just in a moment here on The Voice of a Nation. The silent majority has spoken. We say, let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. Contact our producer at libertyatamericaoutloud.com. libertyatamericaoutloud.com. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off. Lean, pure, with premium ingredients. Global Healing's Pure Plant Protein offers 20 grams of protein per scoop. And it's a perfect way to maintain and build lean muscle while indulging yourself. It combines enzymes and probiotics to maximize nutrient absorption, improving digestion, and your gut health. Available in vanilla and chocolate flavors, elevate your protein consumption while supporting your overall wellness with pure plant protein. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD, global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flu, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio.
back into the Voice of the Nation. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here. And let me say again, friends, thank you for joining me on the mission here. It is a privilege always to be with you. Uh, not just our fellow Americans, but to all of our friends around the world with marvelous listenership in Australia, New Zealand, the UK, Japan, all over the world. People love to listen to America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a unique place with unique voices of truth. People that are seeking the out loud truth as I always say, always as ladies and gentlemen, but always in search of the truth. And that's what we do here, friends. We're talking today uh, a lot of truth here uh, with Dr. Jim Thorpe and Maggie Thorpe. Um, they are a duo, uh, a great team, if you will. Maggie is a, an attorney. Uh, she's a commercial litigation attorney and uh, does stellar work. I mean, herself is a success in her own right, uh, to be sure. Dr. Jim Thorpe has made an incredible name for himself as board certified OBGYN and uh, maternal fetal medicine specialist, uh, decades of experience. And um, so it's a privilege to have them part of the America Out Loud family here, uh, to be sure. And um, uh, we're talking about this particular uh, op-ed article uh, that uh, uh, Maggie and Jim have written and put together. And and Maggie does an incredible amount of the research here and the connecting of dots. I, I think I can say that safely, and I think Jim would agree with that statement. Is that right, Jim? You agree with that statement, I think? Absolutely correct. Uh, she's a brilliant sleuth investigating uh, yeah. this fraud. Yeah, so I want to make sure we say that. So I, you know, because uh, it's important that uh, we, we let folks know. I mean, she's always uh, on the front lines doing this uh, work. And it takes that kind of work. You have to dig to find the truth. It's, it takes hard work, Jim. It's a lot of, it's not easy to find the truth like this when you're digging through these kinds of uh, haystacks to find a needle or two. Uh, it, it, just before the pause, Maggie, you had shared as well that, that needle that you had found uh, back in 21 that was an aha moment. And then we talk about the dollars and the money that was uh, on the faucet, that was faucet and through in this safe and effective fear campaign. You also say it, it was right about that time or just shortly thereafter, Maggie, that the CDC knew the COVID-19 vaccines were failing. And we were reporting on that heavily on America Out Loud, but yet they never stopped their narrative. They never stopped pushing them onto people and they just, and I think that was the shocker in all this, is that never in our time, in, that we could remember in our history, never could we remember a time when, you know, everybody thought these government agencies were official, like, oh my God, the CDC wouldn't do that. Like, oh my God, the FDA wouldn't do that. Like, oh my God, HHS wouldn't do that. Oh my God, the federal government wouldn't do that. It's like, I mean, like when you put all of that together and you present that, and then you think, you know, there's no that. See, that was what was so compelling here, Maggie. You understand nobody would believe you that we were fighting this fight. And yet, like, how could they all be wrong? So a lot of people got caught in the crosshairs of that fight because there was no way all these people could be wrong. I mean, is that a fair statement? Um, Yeah, I think that's a very fair statement. I think that people... Um, have sort of a a cognitive dissonance where they just cannot imagine that these entities that they have trusted um, would have, um, very frankly, uh, lied to them and not hmm. told them the truth. 
Um, you know, when I was writing this article and, and doing some research and, and Jim and I were putting it together, um, you know, the CDC had been forced to admit as early as August of 2021 that a fully vaccinated person could spread COVID just as easily as an unvaccinated person. So, I mean, they clearly knew that the vaccines were failing and yet they just pushed forward. Well, it actually, let me interrupt, Maggie. It actually got to the point where the vaccinated people were spreading them more than the unvaccinated. Nobody wanted to admit it, but Dr. McCullough and I proved that on the program. That's absolutely correct. And nobody did want to admit it. And uh, why people sort of went along, uh, and especially healthcare systems, I mean, the only real reason that I can point to is, in addition to the cognitive dissonance, is that they took all of this money. And, you know, to give them credit, it's almost as if the federal government really set them up to have to take this money. It was a bribe. It was a bribe, Maggie. It was a bribe. Yes, 100%. I believe that um, the hospitals were shut down. Their non-emergent care facilities were shut down. They were put in a situation where they could either sort of experience what they would, you know, consider impending financial doom, or they could open up. Well, as long as you push the vaccine, then you can open up and it will be safe. And then you can advertise that, well, in our non-emergent care facilities, which are big money makers um, for the hospitals, you know, it's safe because now we're requiring everyone to be vaccinated. So, you know, that could have been another uh, aspect of it. But the bottom line is they were bribed. They were set up, but they were bribed and they had every opportunity to turn it around and they never did. And they're still pushing it. Yeah, you're so right. Still pushing it. Yeah, yeah. All right. A couple of big points here. Now we got to get into the wire here. There's a a big point, Jim, I'd like to, Dr. Thorpe, I'd like to talk to you on, uh, on on the uh, medical side of things, on the OBGYN. Now, all throughout this, I had to tell you, uh, and your, your name started to come up a lot because you were pushing this narrative back with the OBGYN and Dr. McCullough and I, that question would come up a lot through my Q and A's on America Out Loud polls about pregnant women. They would be asking, should we take the vaccine? Should we not take the vaccine? Is this a danger to my unborn baby? What will happen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Dr. McCullough quoted source and uh, source and source after time after time and, and told the American people on that broadcast many times, do not. This is not safe and effective for pregnant women, especially do not take this. And he said it time and time again. You were fighting that same narrative, uh, Dr. Thorpe, uh, from your uh, viewpoint uh, at 30,000 feet. What, what's the big in this in the OBGYN field? What's the big takeaway in that whole field that you discovered? Well, I think the, the huge takeaway for me um, actually is links to your original question to me. Is there hope yeah. for the healthcare system? And um, again, he who pays the piper calls the tune. $5.2 trillion is a massive amount of money. I believe that most of that was associated with quid pro quo arrangements. Here's my hope. Tucker Carlson. I love Tucker Carlson. 
he and I are birds of a feather. And I recently uh, clipped an interview from him with Jimmy Dore, and I blasted and and I edited and I'm um, that clip with with some software that I have, and I've edited this and put it all over my social media. I love Tucker Carlson. He's my hope. In this interview that that I've highlighted on my platform with Tucker, Tucker blasts the physicians. He states that 99% of the physicians are horrible, unethical, and they're lying, and he would never go to one. And it, it, um, I, I love that because he's absolutely right. That's exactly, you know, OBGYN, 61,000 OBGYN doctors in North America and South America were captured through Maggie's brilliant work that you reported through America Out Loud in May. They were captured by a quid pro quo agreement. And so um, this is why um, there's only three of us in Florida, OBGYNs. There's very few of us in the country that are speaking out. And I've aggressively attacked the American College of OBGYN. Yeah, there was a lack of courage. There was a lack of courage. I mean, I've seen it everywhere. It's what I started the broadcast today when I said what happened to me in that room at the hospital with my wife. I mean, there was a total lack of courage. These people knew this was BS. They knew they were pushing this on to people. Uh, You know, I I don't know whether they took it themselves or some people said maybe they had just a a salient solution or something. And I don't know what they did or the politicians or something else. I don't know. Uh, okay, so in the last few minutes, let me get to the point. You you just hit said some really good things, uh, D- Dr. Jim. Let me ask you this. Back to the healthcare system that you work for as a doctor and so on and so forth. I, I asked the question, is it repairable? Let's spend our last few moments. How could, sincere question, how could the healthcare system uh, repair itself, redeem itself at this point? How could it, how could it do it in your estimation? How? Impossible. Uh, you you know it, they can't um, l- look at the healthcare system that that fired me SSM Health Sisters of St Mary's Health uh, CEO Laura Kaiser this uh, and Kevin Elledge this is a ten billion dollar company Maggie proved that they were right up there shortly following lockstep with Houston Methodist they took almost a third of a billion dollars and this is why they fired me the most productive money-making physician for them in my division of maternal fetal medicine, the most experienced, the most published. And, you know, in front of Maggie's witness, the CEO fired me, uh, praising me as a model physician and and didn't quite understand, but uh, why they were firing me for quote, no cause, but yet they, he used the excuse they're having some monetary difficulties. And that is why they needed to fire me. Well, of course, that was a complete lie. They took $306.9 million and they offered me a huge bribe to sign a non-disparagement clause, um, which I refused. So it was a gift from God um, that, that they executed me like that and actually honored me despite their lying, because now God has given me on a silver platter the opportunity to expose the corruption to the world. Listen, they were called by HHS and CDC, I believe, and said, you execute Thorpe, and if you don't execute him, you need to pay back the money. The same Jim, anybody who had the courage like you and like Dr. Peter McCullough and, and and some others, 
anybody who had that sort of courage and fortitude to be able to stand up in the, in the face of those political wins and those healthcare wins, uh, you know, they suffered just like you said, they suffered greatly. Uh, they, they just did. They just did. Right. That's right. I, I think the only hope is parallel healthcare systems like the wellness company and, and many others. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm honored to be a part of the wellness company with Dr. Peter McCullough. And we're seeing tremendous success as evidenced by the uh, aggressive. We're, yeah. we're disrupting the market. That's and right. I know right. that because we've had these uh, uh, just ridiculous, egregious attacks from people that are seeing that we're capturing market. No doubt. D disruption is actually a good thing because that's where innovation comes from. And that's where new ideas and new thoughts come from. And that's a beautiful thing, actually. Uh, well, let me just take this moment here uh, to uh, thank you both, Dr. Jim Thorpe, Maggie Thorpe, for all your work. I'm looking forward to working with you, you both hand in hand here, moving into the new year and the new news cycle and the new site. And uh, I want to thank you both personally for all your commitment here and appreciate you both being part of the uh, America Out Loud uh, team and family here. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Malcolm. Thank you, Malcolm. It's a privilege. Okay. Uh, that is Dr. Jim Thorpe, Maggie Thorpe here. And um, all right. Uh, now, uh, back to what uh, Dr. Thorpe was just talking about. AmericaOutloud.shop is where you'll get all of those uh, products and the incentives. One is the wellness company by chance uh, with the best products uh, out there to, to help all of us uh, live a more healthy life. And with the wellness company, uh, a lot of people struggle with long COVID, vaccine injuries, uh, there's some tremendous products there. And the spike support is clearly one to go after. But also the three, back to Dr. McCullough's protocol with the natokinase, the bromelain, and the turmeric extract, a tremendous uh, product. You get 25% off uh, the product using the code out loud on the wellness company. And also there's a great COVID health kit, which is just tremendous. And uh, it's got uh, the it's got everything in there. It's got the ivermectin in there. It's got the hydroxychloroquine, the Z-Pak, uh, the budesonite uh, with a nebulizer. It's got all kinds of guidebook. It, it's tremendous. Everybody should have that COVID kit, and there's a healthcare kit. Uh, and so, anyways, they, there's a lot there to look at. There's other great products and companies in there as well. Stay healthy by taking Cofix and Clear nasal hygiene. Those are all great products. And, you know, especially coming into the, the winter season. And there's a lot of their stuff out there still, a lot of problems out there. So uh, anyways, that's the place to go, AmericaOutloud.shop. And you'll be entitled to all the discounts there on any of the products in there, uh, tremendous products there. Uh, friends, I am wishing you a tremendous season. Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah. Happy holidays. God bless. And uh, we'll stay with you every step of the way. Thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.